0: Fasten your seatbelts. It's going to be a bumpy night. Are these girls
1: going to be in the league? Hello, gorgeous. Female fight club. All men must die, but we are not men. Grab
2: it, Kristen! What do you think happened to Karen? Lauren. Girl, Her name is Kimberly.
0: Hello, everybody. We are back with episode 47 of Citizen Game, the podcast where now we're all equal in the dumpster fire (laughs) I am your host Kristen Lopez here with my fellow host Karen Peterson hello and Lauren Humphreys Brooks hello Kimberly Pierce is still looking for Henry Golding so we had to just (laughs) let her go on that journey this week Um, actually she's on vacation so she's having more fun than we are in the trenches Uh, so we have some news some bad shit happened questions, trailers, but we're going to talk Crazy with Asians at the end, so light at the end of the tunnel.
1: You sound so depressed, Custom. I know. <laughs> we're all so
2: dejected de- uh, now.
1: It's, it's terrible.
0: <laughs> oh my god. Everything sucks. Everything, yeah, the only, the only good, this is why I retreat into the imaginary world that Lauren swears is dominated by Justin Thoreau. <laughs>
1: <laughs> no, 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 the, the suggestion that he is, like, actually 20 different actors all of whom are acting under under Justin Thoreau's name. Makes totally Smithy. I like that's why I never recognized his face, because he's multiple people. Justin Thoreau
2: is st- actually played by Tilda Swinton.
0: <laughs> so you're saying he's the Alan Smithy of acting? <laughs> Essentially, yeah, where it's just anybody's name is attached though. Okay. Um No, no, and no. Um yeah. So that's all I have to say. <laughs> It's my birthday this week, so I get to actually show my friend the leftovers, and I will convince one more person that he is glorious, and I will keep working on Lauren, um, but, but let's get to the horrific asshole of the world, which is, so, some things happened this week involving Asia Argento, you might have heard of it, it's apparently enough to invalidate everything that has happened since October. I hate the world. Um, so, who who has the actual background?
2: Uh, I don't have an article pulled up, but um, essentially, five years ago, she had some kind of a relationship. She says it was consensual. Oh, wait, that was her third version of the story. He says that <laughs> there, he was there are coerced multiple into versions, it. Yeah. <laughs> yes, um, and she paid him off uh he was 17 at the time a young actor named something bennett
1: jimmy bennett Uh, jimmy bennett
2: yes um so she paid him a bunch of money to go away quietly Hmm, this is all sounding very familiar like every story we've heard about male harassment of women um And so then now this has all come to light. And she first said, this never happened. I don't know what he's talking about. Then she blamed her recently deceased boyfriend, um, Anthony Bourdain, for wanting to just make it go away and being the one to initiate the payoff. And then she finally said, well, we did sleep together, but that's all it was. So... In a nutshell, that's what happened.
0: (laughs) So, yeah. I I heard this when it happened, and I was like, great. This is much like every bad thing in the world, okay? From murder to sexual harassment. All the people who don't want to believe women need is one. They need one example. And then it completely invalidates every other example that has ever come before. So apparently because... Asia Argento is a garbage person. That means that every other person who has ever come forward is a liar, and this is proof because you know straw man arguments uh, totally work. Um,
2: well, and and not which, only that, but they're saying that because she's a perpetrator, she couldn't possibly be a victim, which is actually not at all yeah. how that works.
0: <laughs> exactly, I, and I yeah. think as most people, uh, you know, I don't know the exact numbers and statistics, but isn't it? It's it's a common occurrence that people who are abused end up doing that to other people oh yeah and and that doesn't make her less of a victim that doesn't also make her less of a perpetrator right no, it yeah. just means two things can coexist
1: it's it's both Anne, and and this this is make this is forcing us to to be like we, we've tended to treat this as very black and white binaries you know you're a victim you're you're an abuser that's not how the world works and it's never been how the world works uh but of course we want to boil it all down to you know and and it's it's horrific i mean what harvey weinstein did to her was wrong what she did to jimmy bennett was wrong both of those things exist and that does not invalidate either jimmy bennett's experience or her experience
0: right and and the thing that that i find interesting in all of this is and we've talked about this before the concept of male sexual harassment men who have been preyed upon and we saw it with terry Crews, and nothing came of that nothing happened and here you have a heterosexual assault essentially between a young male and a woman and i love the two schools of thought that we're getting from people who are idiots which is either the concept that hey good for you guy you got to bang a hot lady who is older than you, because hot for teacher is still a thing. And then there's the other people that are saying, see, she's a horrible human being that invalidates everything. But I think what gets lost in here is that male male abuse is still, like, woefully underreported because of those horrific schools of thought, which is that men can't be abused. Or, you know, it's, it's something to celebrate. And we're seeing now with the Me Too movement and this discussion of interactions between genders like it's really fascinating that we're immediately going back to stuff that was supposed to be like high five in the 80s
1: well yeah i, I mean and that's i i've actually unfollowed a number of primarily um male critics who who were basically saying like oh when i was 17 i would have totally loved to bang asia argento it's like guys that's not what this is about this is not this is not a consensual relationship this is not like, this is, this is abuse, this, and, and by saying that kind of thing, you are invalidating his experience. The, uh, the other thing that I kept on seeing is this, this rhetoric, and I got a lot of it, because I, because I, I actually said, Asia Argento is a victim, and Jimmy Bennett is a victim, and I got a lot of guys responding to me being like, well, Me Too doesn't care about men, like, male victims, I'm like, well, that's, first of all, that's not true, um, Second of all, I don't know where you're getting that from. When you say we're supporting all victims, that means all victims. That doesn't mean just female victims. That doesn't mean just male victims. Everybody who has been victimized. And that includes people who are victimized and then become abusers. Um, That this is a whole culture of of harassment and abuse and assault that needs to end. We have to stop all of it.
0: Yeah, I, I, I mean, a lot of people were bringing up, too. I mean... Ossie Argento is not one, you know, you go back even farther, people people have been bringing up the last, like, week or so because um, her dad is Dario Argento and they're like, if you look at the movies he made with Jennifer Connelly, they're like there were controversies there regarding, you know not, not a, abuse or a relationship but people were very turned off by that in, in hindsight and so they're like, you can look at a cycle of sexualization of women that leads to her that can continue here and and it changes the whole concept of uh, there's a lot of really weird psychology at play with with these events and a lot of it has to do with the sexualization of women but we're also seeing the sexualization of of young boys i mean there's this came out what was it a couple months before we talked about the the child star article and the sexualizing of brad Renfro and and here we're still even though this is an assault situation there's still that sexualization of well good for him and that's it's those systemic psychological you know sexualizing of the genders that we're trying to move away from and it doesn't seem to be working
2: it's really interesting to me how people are trying to say that Asia, that this story invalidates her claims against Weinstein and all that. Because if you look at what's happened, what like the exact same pattern here has happened with Harvey and Kevin Spacey and all these other people. And it's like, to me, the, these accusations against her prove that all these other ones are right because they're all fitting the exact same patterns of denial and excuses and finally like saying well you know some some level of acknowledgement but claiming it was consensual like all these things like ever and then the kid on the other hand too is saying that the reason he didn't come forward is because he was scared I mean they're using all the exact same language to me this doesn't invalidate me too this proves that everything that people have been saying for the last year is correct well
1: Well, exactly and I Oh, go on, Lauren. No, I was just going to say, it's it's all power dynamics. I mean, and that, yeah. that's what... And we've talked about this that numerous times, pretty much ever since this whole thing started uh, last year when we started this podcast. We've talked about the fact that this is not... It's not really about sex. It's about power, and it's about the the way that people enforce their power over other people and that's true with assia argento and that is true with weinstein and that is true with kevin spacey that's true with all of these people and I, i agree with you Kristen, about the um the sexualization of young men you know we talked about the uh finn wolfhard being basically like stalked by older women and things like that this is you know this is sexualizing children And treating children like they are, um, you know, that they're already sexual beings, both male and female, when they're not, you know, it's like, they're 12 years old, leave them alone. Um, It's... It's a very, it's very complicated, but I think that you're, I think that you're right, Karen, that we, uh, this sort of reinforces that we, we believe victims, and that includes believing Jimmy Bennett, and that includes believing S.A. Argento about Weinstein, and that includes believing, uh, Kevin Spacey's accusers, everybody.
0: When I think the thing that, that really just kind of puts the cherry on the shit cake is this would have been a great teachable moment for for asia argento to have made a statement that would have been what we've all been art we've been talking about we want to see men make which is yeah it happened i made a horrible horrible mistake i'm ready to face like we've been asking for the perfect apology for since october okay this would have been a great teachable moment as someone who is no, And I don't want to say wed the Me Too movement because she is more of a vocal proponent, um, she's not one of the leaders, uh, as somebody who's been so vocal about, about outing predators. This would have been a great moment for her to have been like, okay, I'm gonna own up. What does she do? She goes through the litany of excuses that every guy before her has done, going down to the tackiest thing. Which is blaming her dead boyfriend who can't speak for himself anymore by saying, well, he didn't. He paid him off because he obviously didn't believe him and that invalid... Like, I love how she thinks that that makes it okay or at least that's how she wants to mitigate it. I just... I had to shake my head and be like, wow, we have learned nothing.
2: (laughs) I think that was what made me the angriest of all is that she turned and blamed him for it when... He you know first of all people loved him and they're still really sad that he's gone and now you're dragging this up and trying to make him complicit in this thing that well, was so disgusting
0: a, He's been such a he was such a vocal person saying we need to support women I believe right. her you know he was the one kind of leading the charge as a male ally being like we need to believe these women who are coming forward and, and one of the just...
2: few men that really felt like a male ally
0: Yeah that he was and being and serious and to just like throw him under the bus is just so disrespectful and and again it proves what you were saying karen which is that these people are are going through the same steps in every way shape and form
1: i i have to say that i did not i did not initially read her statement as blaming him so much as using him as an excuse yeah. And yeah So that was that was the difference I don't think She didn't yeah, turn around better. And be like Well actually It was all Anthony's fault She she said This is what She said She claimed This is what happened And this is how it went down So I, I guess I'm a, I'm a little more charitable At that level As yes I think that it's It's gross And she should not have She shouldn't have brought him into it Anyway She should have it, You know If she was going to make excuses She should have taken all of those excuses On herself mm-hmm. um, But but at the same time i didn't feel like it was her being like you know oh no, no 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 it was all it was all my dead boyfriend's fault and there have been unfortunately a number of people that are repeating this idea that that sh- that this is one of the reasons why he killed himself and that's a horrific thing to lay on anyone you know we can feel sympathy for her losing him and also feel angry at her and condemn her for her behavior in the past like All of these things are true.
0: People are complex individuals, okay? We just need to accept that and work with it. Um, So, yeah. So, for everybody listening saying, oh, why do we always bash men? Well, we officially have a garbage people segment. So, there (laughs) you go. Yay, (laughs) equality. Um, So, moving on to happier, (sighs) happier things. Um, So, let's move on to some slightly less messy things which is guardians three <laughs> less <laughs> is that really less messy <laughs> <laughs> it's less messy in the fact that there's not i don't want to say there's not an asshole in there, because there is, but, okay everybody's so, so
2: terrible well there's no not, asshole because they all got sent home
0: people <laughs> who have not committed crimes okay let's that's that seems safe right that we know of yeah exactly (laughs) cut to you know tomorrow and they're going to be like everybody in guardians of the galaxy has committed a crime um so yeah moving on to that so you might have known the guardians of the galaxy 3 um has a little bit of an issue after the firing of james gunn and the fact that the entire cast said that he should be rehired and disney said nope we're not going to do that but johnny depp can direct it no they didn't say that but it wouldn't put it past them (laughs) Um, would not put that past them, though. Um, so supposedly Disney has told everybody who's working on the project to go home. Which right now Um, is
2: less than 20 people.
0: Yes, um, so it was mostly just crew members, um, at this point, um, who were prepping for pre-production, but they were told that they should just go look for new jobs, um, they were supposed to start principal, principal photography, um, early next year, But now that they don't have a director and there's all this fallout, um, they aren't doing it. So I I,
2: honestly believe that they have been trying to get a director and people have been turning them down and it's just been kept really quiet.
0: That could be it. That wouldn't surprise me. I mean, Disney is a notoriously cagey company, so I'm, I'm guessing it'll be another, it could just be another white brunette guy. I mean, Star Wars. (laughs) Well, the same yeah. Thing, I mean, who, so. who
1: wants to? I've mentioned this in our Slack. Like, who wants to take on this project? It has so much ugliness attached to it on multiple sides, and no one, whoever they get, if it isn't James Gunn, whoever they get is going to catch so much shit. Oh yeah. That, like, I mean, it, I wouldn't want to do it. It as as big of a payday as it would be for anyone. It's just like, no way in hell am I taking that on because the amount of the the tension on the set the amount of you know whether or not you can actually get all of the actors back um i know that dave batista has been very like you know i don't want to do this film without him all of that shit it's it's uh it's it's a disaster and like at this point just like put it on the shelf and leave it there for you know 10 years
2: Yeah, well, that was why I was like, how important is Guardians 3 to Phase 4? Because it's my understanding that this is supposed to not even take place after Infinity War. So if this is somewhere in the gap between Guardians 2 and Infinity War, then it seems to me that it's not even really necessary to the plot or to the future of the Marvel films. And in that case, like, do we need it? Maybe we just say bye and just everybody just stay home you know like there's (laughs) there's no real reason then this this turned into a big mess I mean we said what we said about James Gunn I don't I don't know what Disney what the right thing for Disney to have done in that situation was I don't care really that he lost the directing job but I do think maybe they did it a little too quickly and without without really addressing the problem in a in a good way but they did it and that's happened and it's over and they need to just figure out the right way to move on. And I personally think probably at this point the best way to do that is to just not have a Guardians 3 at all. Because, yeah, like, like you're saying, Lauren, who is going to want to step into this? Like a bunch of people said, oh, this is an opportunity finally, let's get a woman in there to direct. No, no, that's the last thing I want because a woman directing that would already be getting a lot of shit. But taking that from James Gunn would be the worst thing ever.
0: Just a reminder that the first one was directed by Joss Whedon, so, you know, there's that. <laughs> um, the, fir- the, the first Avengers.
2: No, I'm here. First, yeah. The first Avengers was directed oh, by Avengers. Joss Whedon, yeah.
0: The, the point is, I'm just, <laughs> I am just I roll my eyes at Disney making concessions for, like, this is acceptable, but this guy, not acceptable. Uh, yeah, I mean, as somebody who didn't like guardians 2 and i remember liking guardians 1 but i have not watched it since it came to theaters i don't think i'm a fan i don't know um i don't know they they need to do as karen was saying this could just be completely irrelevant if there's really no big need to make a second or uh, make a third one um but i would just really like disney to acknowledge their house at this point because I think any any movie moving forward, you know, people are going to be like, how is James Gunn not acceptable, but yet you're greenlighting Pirates of the Caribbean movies still? Um, I, I'm just, I'm waiting for, you know, D23 Expo tickets went on sale yesterday. I'm waiting for that inevitable Q&A where somebody's like, so, can you explain all these other dudes that have been allowed to tab a pass? Um, but James Gunn is like where we're going to draw that line in the sand, Lassiter. I'm just, just I'd like to know like how much you can get away with at Disney before they fire you.
1: Well, I mean, the whole thing is just it's such a mess, and it, it seems like that this it was almost a knee jerk reaction on the part of Disney that these these tweets came up and they and they were brought up by far right wingers, and then and then they were just like, oh, we'll, we'll just fire him and it's like guys this this was a terrible decision this was a terrible idea you know you sh- there it should have been a longer process basically yeah um it, it, regardless of whether but at this point like they can't really rehire him um it's it's taken too long uh they can't you know and and like like you were saying there's no reason there's no reason for anyone to take this this particular thing on i've been told numerous times that i'm a terrible person for not caring about what happens to james gunn um i still don't care because i still see this as being uh you know the fanboys all getting up in arms over and being like no 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 no. this this is about this is about fighting against alt writers it's just like yeah but you're really upset that this guy that you happen to like said like said things this was not made up it's not like he was accused of something that, that didn't happen he actually did write those tweets and they were pretty horrific tweets um, and and then now you're upset that a rich white man lost his job that's what it's coming off as and yeah I I have I, I yeah at this point I don't care I'm tired of it I understand both sides I understand all of the arguments I understand all the pro arguments for gun all of that stuff I'm just like you know what like kill it like make it end let's move on and I agree with you Kristen that if if, um, Disney really needs to look at itself look at its life and look at its choices (laughs) yeah
2: Yeah. well and that's the thing is like it's not just about the fact that it's been so long that Disney can't rehire Gunn at this point they can't because of the fact that this teaches all those annoying white dudes then that if they push hard enough they can get whatever the fuck they want Yeah. and we cannot have that happen
1: more
0: than they already do right (laughs) <laughs> we cannot let that happen that's all moving on to speaking of disney transition um let's talk about uh, a really great article that kelly marie tran wrote for the new york times um uh last year kelly or er, earlier this summer kelly marie tran um star of star wars and all-around awesome human being that I love um, decided to delete her Instagram um, because she had gotten a bunch of harassment from racist assholes you know who you are um, so she had this is a, uh, the first time she's spoken since doing that she wrote an article for the New York Times um, talking about how being uh, an Asian American uh, Vietnamese born um, has Caused her to erase her culture and her identity, um, and how a lot of the feelings of low self esteem that she um, was remembering when these these comments came out um, on Instagram just made her look back at the horrific way that people treat uh, anybody who is different from them in society. Um, she was talking about how um, at the age of nine she stopped speaking Vietnamese because she was tired of other people mocking her um just a litany of horrific mistreatment from people because of assumptions and stereotyping and that the saddest thing for her was that she started to believe that she should belong on the margins that she should erase her culture that she shouldn't be asian um and she's taken that back and it's a, a very beautiful brief essay um and she you know is is very open As the fact that she's the first woman of color to have a leading role in a Star Wars movie. She was the first Asian woman to appear on the cover of Vanity Fair. And she says, I'm just getting started. And I'm hoping this means she'll be back on social media because I love her. Because she's so cute.
2: She's adorable and I love her. Um, One of the things, there's one sentence in here. the The whole article is powerful. But one thing that really particularly stood out to me was when she said... I had been brainwashed into believing that my existence was limited to the boundaries of another person's approval. And I just thought, wow, that is so powerful. That's such a, a a important statement that she's that she's saying, like, this is what I I was forced to believe. And so then when she turns that around and says, I'm done with all that you know, I'm me. I'm gonna be who I am. I'm gonna be true to myself and it's just it's it was just so beautiful. This whole article just really I just kept thinking about, you know, I mean, everyone is very excited, rightfully so, about Crazy Rich Asians and to All the Boys I Loved Before, which is now on Netflix. Two films that have Asian American women in, you know, the lead roles, and I thought it was very interesting that all this happened to to Kelly in the same year, and that that this article came out right in the time when those two movies are just really at the height of their popularity. And I just thought about how how wonderful it is that there's finally something that is telling, you know, Asian people and Asian American people, be you because you are beautiful and you are yeah. wonderful. You know, I remember years ago, um, there was a, an episode on Oprah where they were talking about all the links that people go to, especially Chinese women would go to uh, for plastic surgery to look more white to look more western and I just never understood why they would do such a thing and all the stuff that I've been reading about and hearing about and reading this article it just it it makes sense now why but it also breaks my heart that they've ever felt like they had to do that
1: yeah it's uh, I, I think I put this article back uh, on our agenda because I was like this is so lovely like it's it's sad but it's also lovely because she is very like you're saying she's very she's very strong and she's very tough and it's interesting because we're, we're going to talk about crazy rich, rich Asians in a minute but um, it's interesting also that that this is someone who is in one of the biggest franchises in in Hollywood history And like she's saying, she's the first Asian American woman to appear in a Star Wars movie or first woman of color to appear in a Star Wars movie. Uh, And that fact, you know, so when when you have something like Crazy Rich Asians, which is an entirely um, Asian and Asian American cast, it's there's almost this sense of like, okay, well, that's in a different category. But when you are actually talking about a multiplicity of ethnicities and representation in a big franchise like Star Wars, there's almost a different conversation that gets going. The white boys are not going to freak out about a bunch of um, people of color in a movie that is about people of color. But they are going to freak out about a woman of color in a film that up until this point has been about them in some way, or at least that's the way that they think and so that dichotomy we're making we're we're taking good steps and the fact that she was cast in that film is amazing at the same time there's still this obvious separation between what is acceptable representation um to to mainstream white people and what is not acceptable and it's quite obvious that a lot of people just did not accept her
0: yeah and i think we're seeing a lot of of really intriguing films kind of we've looked at it with sorry to bother you and the white voice there's an article that came out uh i think this week talking about aquafina and the black scent quote unquote um and and we're seeing a lot of questions about boundaries of race and you know what what the concept of african-americans having to act white you know how black is black enough um and then you're seeing here with kelly marie tran talking about how her parents Adopted American names so that it was easier for other people to pronounce um, mm-hmm. their names. I think I think Fresh Off the Boat does an episode about about that. Um, the concept of like naming. I, I got told that I've not watched the show. Um, yeah, yeah. But, it's
1: a There's a long episode where they explain to their youngest son how he got his English name.
0: Oh, okay, so yeah, I was I did not want to be talking out out my hat about that, but I, I we're getting we're getting these really incisive breakdowns of, you know, the concept of trying to make white people, white America comfortable with otherness. Mind you, the statistics are saying that in a couple of years, you know, white people are gonna be the minority, um, which I am totally okay with, um, you know? And, and that's that's the thing is that, you know, this concept of otherness is slowly becoming the dominant, yet there's still this need because of how white, and and male too, most things are this need to make comfortable the other and you know as somebody who is uh who questions her you know her race all the time being half half latina and half half white and the concept of like can i even say i am because i'm white anybody who looks at me will say you're white just your last name is is hispanic you know there's there's this really big confronting of, like, the boundaries of race and ethnicity, and should we even have them, and, and owning certain things, so I, I applaud her for, for writing this, because it's, it's really just, you know, white guys who probably are, like, totally watered down in their whiteness, because, hello, everybody is mixed in some form, no matter how small, okay, so, unless you're Native American, you were not from here. You know, so I just, I love that. I love that. If, if anybody has seen the videos about, you know, racist white people and the whole concept of going back to your country, well, you know, you're, go back to Europe then. I don't see anybody moving to England. Okay.
2: Um, <laughs> I've thought about it.
0: <laughs> exactly. Ex- ex- I'd love to move there, but not because I have this misguided, you know, need to like colonize shit. Um, but well, yeah, I think I, it's
2: I, funny, too, just jumping into one thing that you just said, Kristen. I think it's hilarious, too. Like, people are freaking out about the fact that, oh, white people are going to be the minority. Well, if you haven't been mistreating minorities, what are you worried about?
0: Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> if you have no reason to, I, I, don't, I don't, I think all three of us, you know, we're, we're three white girls for the most part. Do we feel threatened? <laughs> no, no. I, I don't feel know. threatened by white men. But the thing is like because, i mean as we've proven they're digs yeah that's uh, more that's so than it. they already count, yeah
2: <laughs> yeah like i mean i i grew up in a very um very multicultural multi-ethnic area and you know it just it, and now i live in a very um predominantly asian and hispanic area like i'm used to not being a you know, large minority majority of the population. Like I'm used to being very like right in line with, you know, there's lots of my high school was something like 30% white, 30% Hispanic and then a big mix of everything else. So for me, it's not it's not weird. It's totally normal, but you know, for other people it is strange. So
1: Well, I I mean, I I've I said before. I come from a very white section of New York State. I come from rural upstate New York. Um, so the vast majority of the people in my, in my graduating class in high school were white people. Uh, I live in New York City. I am regularly the only white person on the subway uh, be, until we get into Manhattan, and then suddenly all the white people show up. Um, but it's... I've never felt threatened. I've never felt like... And I I have... I mean, I live in a big city. I've felt threatened by being a woman alone. I've felt threatened Mm -hmm. being a white woman alone sometimes because I know... A blonde white woman. um, Because I know that to a degree that makes me a target. But I don't feel that it's because of... you know. I don't feel any more threatened by a black man than I do by a white man. And in fact, as, as, as Kristen said, sometimes I feel a little more threatened by white guys. Um it's but at the same time like if you go to my if you go to my hometown i just i was just upstate for a while if you go to my hometown and you see people that aren't white it's surprising there's this sense of like oh my god like there's a person whose skin color is not the same color as my skin what is going on uh it's it's weird it's it's a bizarre sort of shift in the culture and this is the same state this is like a town that's you know four hours away from new york city
0: yeah, so in short, we love Kelly Marie Tran. I I want I want her to do more good things and I still really like The Last Jedi. So regardless, I'm I, you know, if anybody wants to get controversial, I still maintain that The Last Jedi is the best Star Wars movie ever. I don't think it's that um, controversial to say. And this is, it? is I'm
2: someone Yay. that grew up on, you know, loving the original trilogy. Empire Strikes Back is my favorite movie of all time. But I don't think it's that controversial to say The Last Jedi is better. I mean, I don't, I don't, I, I honestly don't know where I
0: put that one. So, I, okay, so yay! It's not, I, for once, I'm not controversial in the Star Wars statement. Yeah, so, yay, I, I, I will totally I, be okay with that.
1: I liked The Last Jedi way more than I liked uh, The Force Awakens. And maybe not so much as I like the original trilogy, but I think some of that is just nostalgia. Um, mm-hmm. And, and like, I know and a lot of people are like, well, I support Kelly Marie Tran, but I, I don't like the character. It's like, no, I really like the character. I think I that that's yeah, I, I love that she's an Rose. awesome character. She mm-hmm. like and, and she sort of gives voice to some of the hopefulness of that film of just like, this is about love. This is about protecting people and like you know, not, sac- not going off and sacrificing yourself for the cause, but actually living for the cause. Exactly. Well, what I never
0: understood too was that Rose is the fanboy. I mean, she really is. If you really think about it, like she thinks everything is amazing, but she doesn't look she...
2: like them, so that's why exactly, that's, exactly. That's why so they yeah, don't that's like it.
0: that's the problem. It's not if it's not a pimply white guy, it's not worth having. Um, so yeah, reminder: Last Jedi is the best Star Wars movie, and it's another movie that Lauren's seen that has Justin throw in it. So. There's <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah, but I'm still pleased about that bait and switch.
0: He's he's like her rendition of Freddy Krueger in a Nightmare on Elm Street. <laughs> just keeps popping up. He's just um, a
1: void, so... guys. Like I don't understand. <laughs> like you're just like, oh, I I was literally like, what? Like he this just as horizon in the Last Jedi?
0: Yeah, he is. <laughs>
1: he should have been if, in if it. If I longer. had,
0: if yeah, he should have been in it. How dare they? That was a coyote, ugly bait and switch right there. I still, <laughs> I ever get to talk to Ryan Johnson, I'm gonna be all, look, you and I need to have words on that because I'm still really bitter about it so you just need to green light my movie about him and Oscar Isaac on the little like sex um, spaceship from Thor Ragnarok oh, and dear. the whole movie is just them talking with a pork about anything for an hour. Why that would they would do that on the sex spaceship? Because you know what they're two hot men that I would think own a sex spaceship. <laughs> God. God. Are they Karen all go
2: together Martin? or does it belong to one of them and the other got invited on board? It
0: could be the one that Jeff Goldblum had in Thor Ragnarok.
2: So they just stole it from him?
0: That or, or he could let them borrow it? I don't I don't know. That's up for to writer to write. Okay? I'm just saying let let me spitball some ideas and then they make the script and then they make the movie for me. That's, that's okay. all I'm asking. Okay, that's all. It's it's really simple fix. Okay.
2: <laughs> Got it.
0: Um. So moving on. Speaking of of men and Thor Ragnarok, um, Chris Hemsworth was in GQ. Oh yes, he and was. Karen has thoughts. Karen.
2: I I um, um. So basically, I am not convinced that Chris Hemsworth is not perfect. Um. This article just proves to me that he truly is a god. And <laughs> I don't even know what to say. Like, it's just, it it's just such a, um, the whole article, it's just, it's like listening to the way, or not listening, because I was reading it, but the way that he talks about his family and the way he gets so excited about his kids. And I love the point that, I'm trying to pull up the article right now, I forgot to do that ahead of time, but. You know, the way that the author of this article is, is talking about how, you know, he's he's an involved dad in a way that dads, especially in Hollywood, don't often get the opportunity to show themselves. Like, it just, it was a very interesting look, and it, I seriously, I was just like, this man is a perfect person. How, how we don't deserve Chris Hemsworth, and chris pine better worry cuz he might be on top of the best chris list i don't know but the article okay, is called all chris all of that P-
0: sounded all of that sounded dirty i heard chris hemsworth was on top
1: of the best <laughs> <laughs> like,
0: chris list okay we'll i mean
1: <laughs> I, I do think we just need to settle this once and for all and like put all of the chrises in a movie together where they they just spend all of their time shirtless and
0: yeah, and, no, uh, no. and
1: being adorable feminists and being like and then we just can decide finally who is the who is well, the top Chris. It's all exactly. the
0: Chris's and then they three of them beat up chris pratt and then the rest of them do that Numerous. we all know chris pratt is the worst
1: chris. and a lot of people have suggested replacing chris pratt with a couple of other chrises like uh-huh. <laughs>
0: i i support that movement um you know chris pine and chris hemsworth can be on the jeff goldblum sex spaceship in my star wars movie we can it would just be perfect um yeah i read this i read this article um i pulled it and... up by the way
2: it's called chris hemsworth is post-punk
0: He's he's something. Um, I, I thought it was it was really sweet. Exactly. It's very cute. It was a little too cute for me because um, I was just like, I get it. You like your kids. That's awesome. I yeah. I felt personally attacked by his wedding ring, which is prominent in like every photo. I was just like, I yeah. get it, man. Okay, I get it. <laughs> but I thought it was very cute. I thought it was a very different way of doing the the male actor profile. You know, it, which I, I think so often is just kind of about like craft and, you know, being hot and all of that. And this is just like talking about going to dad day with his daughter. Uh, and I was that like, That story oh, about him doing the race in jeans and everything was so cute. I, if I was the poor woman that went to his kids' school <laughs> and was like chris hemsworth's kids go here i'm i'm assuming that every day is like a catwalk where they're just like they have to be primped it's like that scene in kindergarten cop if anybody's uh-huh. seen that movie, oh yeah 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 where the moms are like totally hiding in the corner because they don't have makeup on it's like that oh every i would 100 <laughs> transfer my kids to that school
2: <laughs> <laughs> just in the hopes that i could catch a glimpse of him once in a while
0: just be like yes. Um, they're like, why? Why is your kid here? Because the Hemsworths are here, mm-hmm. so that's why I'm here. Because I um, hear this is a really good school. <laughs> they do crafting, and Hemsworths are present. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, it was it was a very very cute article. Um, something something different. Right before bad times at the El Royale comes out to like totally fuck all of us up. Oh yeah.
2: But you know, I really. The thing is, too, though, it's not just this cute article about how he's so hot. It's, um, you know, and about how much he loves his kids and his wife. Um, I really love the way he gets into, you know, he gets into talking about some of his characters and some of the roles that he's had and just the thought behind it. And it's so easy sometimes to see a man that's as attractive as him and to forget that there's a lot of, um, A lot of heart and a lot of insight and a lot of real thought that goes into things and like when he talks about Thor and how he was he was bored of playing Thor he's like yeah the first movie was fun second one wasn't that great and he was really excited to have an opportunity to really rebuild that character and and to give him some depth it's this character that's just kind of you know just kind of excused as oh he's just this pretty boy god but he really wanted that to be something more and i think that that especially the way that thor is portrayed in ragnarok the way that he's talking about it it sounds like in a way that's a bit of a metaphor for how he sees himself and i just thought that was really cool to to talk about it that way so
1: yeah i'm done now <laughs> <laughs> sorry you kept on cutting out again i know
2: <laughs> yeah.
1: i know <laughs> It's really important that <laughs>
0: Well Audacity I think it got does it, all, it on purpose. So. Yeah, I think it does it on purpose. It knows. So. It knows exactly. <laughs>
2: yep. um,
0: anything else we want to mention about Chris Hemsworth? Oh,
2: he's just so and hot.
0: He's so he's hot. He really is. And and I know Karen keeps. She should probably just make it the end piece of this episode. But we're we're all thinking Melissa McCarthy's comments about him. Oh yeah, he's he's just so nice. <laughs> just
1: like, stop it, Chris. Uh huh.
0: Yeah, stop being stop being awesome, okay? Um, God. <laughs> God, I don't want to believe that not all men are dicks. I like I like fueling my hate fire with the fact that everybody with a penis is a horrible human being.
2: Um. <laughs> <laughs> By the way, Lauren Larson from GQ, I kind of hate you for getting to do this article.
1: Yeah.
0: Yeah, yeah. See, this is why they don't give us this though. If you or I got this opportunity, well, actually, if I got this opportunity, Karen would be a professional um, and she would probably have a really great article. Me, I oh, would thanks. probably stammer for about, like, 20 minutes, and if I didn't commit a crime, I would have a really good article, but the Citizen Day and Patreon money could be used as bait. Um, (laughs) I don't know. Um, Or they're cool with it, and it would just work out, and I'd have a really great story for the grandkids. Um, But either way. (laughs) Moving on to trailer talk. Um, So we had some trailers. I think we just stopped keeping track of what came out, because I'm... Yes. I'm fairly certain we missed a couple, but that's fine. Um, so the first trailer we have is "What Men Want." This is a remake of the Mel Gibson movie "What Women Want" um, by Nancy I'll, Myers. Yes, um, here it's directed by a dude. It's directed by Adam Shankman. Um, it stars Taraji P Henson as a sports agent who uh, doesn't get a promotion and it becomes able to hear the thoughts of men. Hilarity ensues. Um, So I've seen... I I don't know how many people... I've seen the original What Women Want. And I hated it. Um, That was before all the Mel Gibson stuff. So I just hated it naturally. Um, And I thought this could have potential. Especially in a post-Me Too world. But this is a little too peppy. And happy looking. Um, I I just... I think it's gonna... I'm all for fantasy. But... I don't know. Um and and it says Nancy Myers has a story by credit, but is she actually credited with writing the script? No, I don't think so. So there's no script person listed on IMDb. Interesting. Yeah, it just says Nancy Myers story by and that is it. So I don't know who wrote the script, if it was a man or a woman. It's directed by a man. And that's kind of my problem with it is that what have we learned? All movies made, you know, the first in a franchise directed by a woman, then they let the men make subsequent versions. And so I, I something doesn't sit well with me about taking a Nancy Myers movie, which, again, it was not a classic, you know, it's not untouchable. But to give it to Adam Shankman, the guy who gave us Hairspray and the Pacifier, Walk to Remember, oh, God. Yeah, it's just getting worse for me. What did everybody else think of this? And he did rock. Of, he produced Rock of Ages. I I had to throw that out there for Karen, <laughs>
2: <laughs> which is not that bad. Come on.
0: Uh, no, Rock of Ages is not that bad. It is not the play, which is grim. But you know, whatever. <laughs> um, what else did we think about the trailer? Um,
2: I mean, it's a January release, so those movies typically it's are a not February great... release. Oh, the. Really? Because when I went to see the movie in the trailer, or in a, When I went to see was, something...
0: IMDB was February
2: 8th. I saw the trailer ahead of, I think, Crazy Rich Asians, and at AMC it said coming in January. So that's Ooh. really interesting. Because um, I was like, oh, January release, yeah, that makes sense. But regardless, it's beginning of the year, which has even though a lot of things have been getting better in the beat in the first quarter there's still gonna be a lot of just stuff that gets dumped there um to me this looks fairly harmless it looks fine it i mean i don't think it's gonna be a great movie but i don't think it was ever intended to be a great movie and you know i'll oh. I'll maybe check it out if I have time between catching up with Oscar stuff.
0: I mean, I want Taraji P. Henson to do good work because she's so good. I just she's mired in these January-February movies that unfortunately are often catered to a black audience, and I think that you know, they could be really good if she just had some better material to work with. I keep saying, give her something good. Like, I'm all for, you know, a nice frothy rom-com, but I want something better than, than a remake of a Mel Gibson movie. Oh, see, um, I didn't
2: think that this was being catered to a black audience at all. No, I just no, felt like I, was, this is... I was
0: talking more about, like, um what was the last January release? was Ac- I think it was Acrimony it was a February release. Yeah,
2: Yeah, I just, and she had Proud Mary and stuff. And yeah, and that's, that's the just, other one. Yeah, I mean, I'm just glad that even though these movies aren't great, I'm just glad that she keeps getting them because I think that this is leading towards something for her. And I mean, it's just, it's, it's experience. It's credits. It's keeping her name out there. And I mean, the movies that she's doing aren't terrible. They're just not great. So,
0: yeah, I, I just keep saying, um, she needs to do, I, I know she was talking about not doing an Emmett Till movie. She was talking about doing some serious drama. I like, I want more hidden figures to Raji. Less this, yeah. This, <laughs> yeah.
1: Is, this t- to me though, this one, I am I, maybe I'm cautiously optimistic about it because when I initially heard about it, I was like, oh god, if they're just going to flip the um, the story from the Mel Gibson movie, which I saw and I actually really liked when I saw, me too. like I actually really enjoy that movie, and it has all kinds of problems, no doubt, but I, I quite enjoy it. Um, but if they're just going to flip Keep it. Keep in mind,
0: I have not seen the movie in 18 years. <laughs> I so love Helen Hunt has in changed. that movie. So. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, she's really good. Uh, and actually Mel Gibson is quite good. Um, so it, I, initially I was like, oh, if they're just going to flip it, then I don't even know how this is going to work. But there seems to be a feminist bent to this, that this is about like her because she's able to hear the way that men think. Rather than sympathizing with them, she's just like, I'm going to use this. I'm going to use this against them. So it has the potential to to be an interesting sort of reve- female revenge story uh, in a very lighthearted way, obviously. But, you know, at the same time, I'm like, oh, is this just going to be, like, stupid men, clever woman, and then ultimately, you know, she, she meets the one guy that she wants to be with or something like that.
2: Which is basically just life, so...
1: You know. <laughs> I mean yeah maybe, maybe so you know it's like it's
0: Citizen so. Dame the movie okay so it comes out um, February 8th allegedly maybe it comes out in January I don't know but either way uh, it, it seems like it could be could be cute um, so moving on to the next trailer which is Green Book um, this is directed by one of the Fairley brothers yep so I found, really yeah yeah Peter Fairley um, and it stars Vigo Mortensen, Mahershala Ali, um, where Vigo Mortensen plays the driver to uh, an African-American classical pianist played by Mahershala Ali on a tour of venues through the uh, American South in the 60s. And this seems, well, A, it's got Vigo Mortensen, Mahershala Ali, like two actors who are fantastic. So on that basis alone, I want to see it, um, and I'm I'm really intrigued by the premise. You know, the concept of again, we were talking about the boundaries of race and having to kind of ingratiate yourself to white people. And here you have Viggo Mortensen's character kind of acting as the the white front to help Mahershala Ali's character get into venues that, in most places, he was not allowed to to be in unless he was playing. Um, or yeah, Just the whole concept seems very, very fascinating to me. Um, what did you guys think of the trailer?
1: Yeah, this looks interesting. Uh, I, I wasn't quite sure how to read it initially because it, the beginning of it is almost like this, oh, it's an, it's an odd couple, buddy, mo- on-the-road buddy movie, and then it gets a little more serious. I'm like, oh, this actually has potential to be quite an interesting look at, at race and um, relationships about races in in America in that time period, so I like the two the two leads like i'm just like all right sure i i will absolutely watch this even if it turns out to be bad
2: yeah i i think it looks good i don't i i would watch it anyway, but I don't think that it's gonna be bad i think it's i don't know i i'm looking forward to it
0: uh that comes out november twenty first and we just need more V.O. Mortensen, Mahershala Ali and, like, everything, cause they're fantastic. Um, so, th- are we adding trailers to the agenda this as one? we're talking? Which <laughs> I haven't watched, so Speaking, you guys yeah, have I haven't, watched, <laughs> I haven't seen it, um, but we can talk about it anyway. So, we'll, we'll get to it at the end, because it is at the end. Uh-huh. Um, so, the first full trailer for Suspiria came out. Um, there was a teaser trailer a couple months back, but this is actual plot Um, this is the remake of the Dario Argento film, uh, the timing. Um, so, uh, directed by Luca Guadagnino. Um, I saw, I've watched the trailer for this three times. And, okay, God, I'm so excited for this. Okay, I mean, Luca Guadagnino and I are already biffs, so there's that. Okay, but I am all for Red Shoes-esque dancery meets what the fuck meets... Which is possibly it's definitely Tilda Swinton under that makeup. I don't care what anybody says, it's (laughs) Tilda or it's Timothy Chalamet, take your pick. Um, but I'm I'm ready. I, I want this movie. Damn it. I don't care that it's two and a half hours
1: all right so i i have have (laughs) swung back and forth on this film initially i was like no you can't remake a masterpiece and then i was like well actually this is sort of interesting this is very different and then i was like no god this is too much well i'm swinging back towards positive after this trailer because it does look so different from argento's film which i as i have said numerous times i love so much um it's it's a totally different color palette it looks like it's a a very different treatment of the basic story they're also advertising um the the other two films in the uh in his in this series so i'm kind of like ooh, maybe maybe they'll actually remake tenebrae that would be fascinating uh it it has a lot of potential for it yes that is definitely tilda swinton although i think it would be really cool if it was like multiple actors playing that
0: that actor (laughs) and
1: it's like so oh it's not just tilda swinton it's also dakota johnson it's also you know that would be cool i would totally be into that um yeah this this actually does look good the only thing that gives me pause is the runtime it still seems like a lot for at least for what i know about the plot of this film and and just for a horror film in general at the same time if he's using that to really build up the aesthetics and the the tone of the film, I it has potential to be to be really excellent. Like so, I'm I'm moving back towards excited.
0: Lauren just gave me hope that underneath that makeup, it could be Army Hammer for all we know. It could and be. I don't know. We don't know. The height could just start wildly changing in certain scenes. Um, uh, Karen, what did you think? Um.
2: So, I never saw the original. You have to. uh, Exactly. Yet.
0: Go watch it. I
2: haven't seen it yet. I will. Um, I just... I don't know. I'm concerned because this doesn't... This looks like the kind of movie that should be something that I would like, but at the same time, I mean, I'm kind of with Lauren. I'm concerned about that runtime. It just feels like too much, and I'm... I don't know. I'm very concerned. But Luca Guadagnino does know how to really do interesting things visually even when it's something that seems like it wouldn't necessarily lend itself to interesting visuals so
0: i don't know we'll see it comes out november 2nd and i want it i want it it does look so Um.
1: different from the original film and some people complain about that that because the original film is very saturated with color this looks much more sort of stark and it might be that he's playing with the aesthetics there or preparing us for something but i like the fact that it looks so different
0: and and in the grand scheme of things lauren really enjoys the original i've seen the original three times now and i can never get beyond i like it (laughs) um i think i like it um so yeah there there's your context the entire
1: episode on suspiria that is just me talking about how amazing the original film is (laughs)
0: I, I, you know, that would be, that would be cool, because I, I'm all for, I'll probably re-watch the original before I see this, and I don't know, maybe it'll finally click on the fourth, fourth viewing, um, but it comes out November 2nd. Um, so the, the last trailer that came in, which was a squeaker, uh, because I think Kara <laughs> put it out there. Um, I don't know what you mean. <laughs> I don't know, um, is Outlaw King, starring... I say he's the best Chris, but right now that's in flux starring Chris <laughs> Pine. Uh this is uh directed by David Mackenzie and it's a the story about Scottish outlaw king Robert the Bruce. But you would not know that really from the trailer because Chris Pine's not doing an accent. Which is fine.
1: Yeah, we're all I'm we're all fine all okay with, that. with that. We're okay with that.
0: Okay, okay. I, I, I'm just gonna remind everybody of that when they say Sophia Coppola and Marie Antoinette, none of them were French. I'm just gonna throw that out there. Um. So there's that. But yeah, this is... I mean, I'm all for taking parts of history that most people... Like, we get, like, a bajillion Tudors movies. I'm all for parts of history that have not been cannibalized by pop culture. Um, and so this this looks promising. And it's got Chris Pine. And Karen gave me... Rumor mill stuff that made me really <laughs> interested. <laughs> what rumor, uh, Kristen? So I, I don't know what you mean. <laughs> uh, I don't know. There might have been the words "full frontal male nudity" thrown out there. <laughs> this is um, just, this
1: is all that we care about. Like you know, we complain about really, men, yeah, yeah. and we're just like, you know what? We're we're just gonna objectify them. So
0: I I wrote a whole article, Lauren, on how equal opportunity nudity needs to be a thing. I agree. Okay, if. If the women have to doff their tops, okay, guys just need to just show their junk. So, if Chris Pine, if Chris Pine really wants to be the best Chris, (laughs) he seems like he might be going for broke, okay? (laughs) And more power to him. Um, What I'm saying is, as a history nerd, I'm interested. As a pervy female, um, I'm also interested. (laughs) Uh, What did everybody else think of this? Lauren, you no history and you like Scotland
1: <laughs> I I did two years of Scottish history uh when I, I lived there unfortunately I don't remember too much about Robert the Bruce except that he was very he's a very formative uh figure in Scottish history and in in sort of the Scottish national mythology so uh, this, I mean, I think that it's a great idea to to actually, you know, make a movie about him. I mean, we've we've had William Wallace, we had Braveheart, uh, so I'm I'm all for it. I I mean, obviously, take everything with a grain of salt. I don't think that this is going to be totally historically accurate, but uh, I I mean, it, I am a little confused, and I think that the Scots are going to be a bit pissed that they didn't actually hire a Scottish actor to play this part. But also, we might get to see Chris Pine naked, so. <laughs> <laughs> you know, Priorities. and if anything,
0: and if anything, it'll help us forget that Braveheart was Braveheart. <laughs> um, so there's that. Uh, I, I say this as a person who was like, Braveheart's okay. Um, so yeah. Uh, this comes out, um, <laughs> it, comes, it comes to Netflix. It correct? does,
2: yeah. Which is, that's the thing, like, I'm, I'm surprised that Netflix is the one that ended up winning this, but... Uh, yeah, it, it's doing a theatrical release because they're going to try to push for awards, which I have to say, I know this guy's worked very closely with the team that is uh, now working with Netflix on their awards campaign. And if they're pushing for this for awards, I think that there's a very good reason for that. So that is another reason why I'm really excited about this movie.
0: So yeah, it will be available on Netflix. Hopefully, nudity is a thing. Aaron Taylor-Johnson's in this, too. Oh, okay. I'm sold. Um, So yeah, there's that. Um, Speaking of objectifying men, uh, we got a question from Matt St. Clair at Filmguy619. He said, What do you think about Henry Golding being a fan pick to play the new James Bond? So in case you didn't know, Danny Boyle left James Bond um, as director, And the series is in limbo. We already know Daniel Craig hates the character and he wants to leave. So people have been talking about James Bond and who could conceivably um, come in. Everybody keeps saying Idris Elba. Um, As somebody who has about as much of an interest in Bond as I do Marvel movies, uh, yet I have seen several Bonds. Um, I I think, though, as far as I know, I've seen one Brosnan two, three Craigs, and uh, what's on Her Majesty's Secret Service? Lazenby. Yeah. So th- I have not seen, that's it. That's all I've seen.
2: Out of um, all the James Bond movies, you happened to see the one with George Lazenby?
0: <laughs> wait, uh, you cut out, Karen. What
2: were you asking? I said, out of all the James Bond movies, you happened to see the one with George Lazenby?
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they showed it. they showed it at TCM one year. My friend God. Um, was so, she was like, we're going to see Her Majesty's Secret Service. We have to go. And I was like, it's 10 o'clock. I don't want to go see the stupid movie. Um, George Lazeby was a lot of fun. I'm pretty sure he was drunk when he was doing the intro. Um, he had a lot of great stories about, like, banging everybody in the cast. Um, and how, right. how much yeah, Diana yeah, was, Rick
1: hated him? Uh, yeah.
0: He did not talk about that, surprisingly. <laughs> um, yeah, he was just talking about, like, how he was sexually potent and every woman wanted him. Um, Except for Diana so, Rick, Yeah. yeah. Except for that, De- she's a smart lady. Um, so yeah, that that's the that's my extent of the Bond franchise. Um, all of this is to say that if Henry Golding wanted to play Bond, much like my interest in Star Wars, I would go see it with bells on. I would have I would camp out for tickets to that show. Okay, I would have them. I would get a movie pass. If, they, if movie pass told me the only way to go see it was through their website, I would buy that movie oh pass God. just to see it. Because I am me, um, so yeah, I I support this. Let him be Bond. hashtag Do it. Um, yeah, uh,
1: I I am no. of I am of two minds on this one because, on the one hand, I really think that James Bond needs to end. It, it, it needs to be retired. I've said it before, it, this was regressive in the 1960s. This was regressive in the 1970s. It is really regressive now. And as much as they've tried to like alter the approach to him and everything it's still james bond there's still an expectation about it if we're going to have a james bond yes i absolutely think it should be a man of color or a woman i actually think that having a woman playing the character would be a game changer for the franchise and would actually make it interesting again um barring that yeah i i like henry golding the problem is that i like henry golding and so i want to see him in things that are not bond because i just don't trust that this franchise is ever going to to actually change itself in any material way to make itself better than than its origins which are are very reactionary uh as much as i enjoy my sean connery bonds
2: yeah this is the thing like if you look at the guys that have played bond what else have they done like while they're doing bond not really anything else yeah and then afterwards sean connery's the only one who really went and did big stuff outside of the scope of that i well, mean i think he rog- was also
0: because he had a career before bond right too.
2: yeah and like roger moore i mean he ended up basically being a caricature based on you know the persona that he had as bond Pierce Brosnan. It took a long time for him to start to get into other things after that. Daniel Craig has done nothing besides Bond for the last ten years, or maybe even more. Well, he did. Uh, he so did it's
1: Logan Lucky, didn't he?
2: Um, yes, he did. But that was such a small movie that a lot of people never even saw. Mm-hmm. And that's, that's the thing. It's not that they don't do absolutely anything else. It's just not nothing else big. And Henry Golding, I don't want him to get trapped in that. He is just breaking through right now. I mean, Crazy Rich Asians is the first thing that anybody's seen him in that doesn't watch Malaysian or British travel shows. And so you've got Crazy Rich Asians. He's just on the cusp. He's about to be in a simple fa- a simple favor. And I don't want to see him take all that and package it into something where we don't see him in anything else besides this one character for the next 10 years. I I want more for him than that. So
0: So what we're saying is is Henry Cavill she just play James Bond and then he, that would be all he does and then nobody could make fun of him anymore. Well, <laughs> or we everybody would make, make fun, fun of him. Of him. Would yeah, everybody make would make of fun of him. him. <laughs> it would just make it would make sense to make fun
1: of him at that mm-hmm. point. Yeah. Actually Henry Cavill is so, the I... perfect Bond. Like he's very pretty he and very stupid.
0: Yep. Oh, d- tell him that because he has been trying to play Bond for fucking ever, and he will tell anybody that asks him that he should play Bond. I've read, I've read interviews. He is begging for that role, like seriously. Him. I think he would debate. Yeah, that he would debase himself at this point to play cast James Bond. Cast him. I see um,
1: nothing wrong with that.
0: I support all of that. You want me to be excited about a James Bond movie? Cast Henry Cavill. I would. But I, I would, would totally work
2: with. Yeah, him. I would like to take this opportunity once again, though, to say that henry golding should be the next batman so
0: hell yes i support that i support henry golding in whatever franchise he wants to dominate okay i i there you go once again room on the jeff goldblum sex spaceship in my star wars movie for henry golding it's just it's gonna be very crowded but awesome um but yeah so our review this week is crazy rich asians um we all saw it. I think even Lauren saw it. Yes, right. even, <laughs> yeah. Lauren, yeah. even
1: Lauren. Even Lauren. Actually Lauren actually does see a lot of films, just not always in the immediate sense that you guys do.
0: <laughs> I did get you into a movie though earlier than everybody and, else,
1: and and I've gotten into yeah way earlier. <laughs> yeah, uh, and I and I'm I've gotten into I'm getting into a bunch of others, but uh, yeah.
0: <laughs> Sorry, Sounds I'm not on crazy. the big
1: lists right now. <laughs> I'm trying. Yet.
0: It's happening. We, we still love you. We still love you. Thank you. you. Um, so, Crazy Rich Asians, based on the novel by Kevin Kwan, directed by John M. Chu, um, about a woman, played by Constance Wu, who goes to meet her boyfriend's family in Singapore, and things get wacky and serious um, from there. That's a very reductive way of of the <laughs> saying the plot synopsis, but I don't want to spoil... Spoiled too much. Um, I really enjoyed this um, a lot. Uh, I took my mom to go see this and she loved it. She says it's her favorite movie of the year. Um, And I I just thought, A, it's beautifully composed. Uh, Some of the, the, I mean, the costumes were just breathtaking. I loved some of the cinematography, some of the just shots. The, The wedding sequence especially has some of the best use of silence. It's got some, fa- I love the concept of doing covers of, of um, the popular music, uh, and especially using Coldplay in the finale, because um, I am the one defender of Yellow. I love that <laughs> song. I love that song, um, and I think it's even better employed here. Um, and I just, I had a lot of fun with this. I think it's very sweet. Um, it's got a lot of really good commentary that doesn't beat you over the head with like, we have a message um Aquafina is really funny even though yes I know the 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 black scent is controversial um but I've been I've loved her since Neighbors 2 I think she's hilarious and Constance Wu is so good Gemma Chan I loved every I just want to say I love everything I loved everything about this movie um I don't think it'll be my best of the year but it will be um high on the list um what did everybody else think about it I guess I can go next. Uh, so
1: I or Karen, I'm sorry.
2: <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, I mean, I. What's not to love about this movie? It's it's sweet and funny. Um, it really is just a beautiful depiction of the culture. Like there were things that I did not, I didn't understand, like the mahjong thing. I didn't. Mm-hmm. I didn't know what was going on, but the way that it's presented. I understood the relevance even if I didn't get all the nuance of it you know and um there were just a lot of things like that and I I really liked that the there's drama but it doesn't feel over the top it doesn't feel like it it doesn't feel ridiculous you know when Rachel and um oh my gosh what's his name Nick when Rachel and Nick you know are are You know, upset and they're, you know, being torn in different directions and things. It felt realistic. It didn't feel silly and ridiculous. And there's just so many great things about the way the story is told. I personally felt like the stuff with Gemma Chan, who plays Astrid, Nick's cousin, I felt like some of that felt a little bit shoehorned in like I really knew that there was a lot more to this story and I wanted to know more about that and it felt like it was just kind of over abbreviated which I didn't I didn't love that but uh overall I just I it's beautiful so colorful I love uh like what you were saying like the the use of color and the use of I mean they really just I want to go to Singapore right now. You know, like, it's just, it looks like such an amazing place. And um, the acting was great. Ken Jeong, who I normally just get super annoyed by, he was was at appropriately subdued for this as just, like, this goofy dad, you know? <laughs> yeah. He plays Aquafina's dad. And it was, like, just watching the two of them and how she's just, like, rolling her eyes and annoyed because her dad's bugging her. But he's not like the guy that you see in the hangover or community where he's so over the top, you just want to punch him in the face. Like everybody in this is, is really good. And I just, yeah. And Michelle, yo, oh my gosh. Oh, she's so incredible. So incredible. And like, I couldn't believe on Twitter when I was like, yeah, she could totally get an Oscar nomination for this. There's precedent for a character like this in a movie like this to get an Oscar nomination, and people are like, "Oh, but she's not well known enough." Um, excuse me. <laughs> I beg to differ. I, I will
0: say that if everybody <laughs> wants uh, a really good breakdown of the Mahjong sequence, which is packed with so much symbolism that you aren't going to notice, especially if you're not um, Asian or Asian American, um, go to Vox uh, Jeff Yang's article where he breaks down. Um, everything about that scene and and it's brilliant to read how each tile actually conforms to the plot of the movie um whilst being about the game it's it's so fascinating go read it Mm -hmm. yeah and it's yeah it's
2: great and and i agree with you too like the soundtrack i love the soundtrack i loved the songs that were covers in english i love the songs that were covers in chinese like it just in mandarin it was it was it was great so I, I really enjoyed this movie a lot and it was really fun. I saw it on a Wednesday night, the night that it came out because it opened on Wednesday instead of Friday. And like I had said, I live in a very, um, a very mixed, uh, area. And the crowd that I sat with was predominantly Asian, and it was Wednesday night, that theater was packed, and those people were so excited about the movie. Like, the people in the audience with me were so excited, and it just, it just made it that much better. Like, it was just so fun to, to listen to the reactions from the crowd of people who have lived this, maybe not this specific experience of finding out their boyfriend's like a billionaire, but, you know, like, just to see their culture represented on screen, it was, it was, it just really added to it, so.
1: Yeah. Lauren, what do you think? I I mean I loved it. I went to see it uh I went to see it with my parents when I was upstate and you know so a predominantly white and much older audience um because we were, we were there on like a Tuesday. Uh I, but I I loved it. My parents loved it. It was um I mean I think that basically I'm just going to echo what everybody else has said which is that it's an excellent film. It was um it's funny. It's gorgeously photographed I mean I, I like the fact that it it played you know it uses a lot of the the sort of cliches and tropes of the genre but it also played with them the the wedding sequence was gorgeous the the music and just all of the the colors and the clothing and uh, everything like that and then within that having this great narrative that really is it's not just about um, Rachel being in love and wanting to to marry a, a wealthy man it's about the way that these families relate to each other, the way that class and, uh, and ethnicity and also this, this conflict between, between Rachel, who, is, who was raised Chinese-American, She's, she grew up in America, and so she has a very different outlook and attitude to what is deemed acceptable by his mother and by his family and and the conflict that arises from that and i also like the fact that a lot of that conflict really wasn't coming from him there was very little of him being like oh you know him beginning to question whether or not she was good enough the entire time he was like no no, no. she is good enough she is more than good enough i would be willing to give all of this up for her and that it really is about what she is willing to do and what she is willing to ask of him and and her own comfort in in um, marrying into or being a part of this family and the way that she's judged and the way that she's treated by other people. There was... Uh, it, Michelle Yao is just spectacular and I think she... Out of a character that could have been very a very one-note antagonist, she gets a lot of depth. And the there is one scene um that she's not even in but you know the significance of it nearing the very very end that like actually got me choked up uh and Mm -hmm. uh it's it's just it's it was a well-made film it was a moving film it's funny i i was i was actually glad sitting there like i did not understand what the hell was going on in the mahjong scene except that you know we've had this whole setup of of rachel being a um Knowing game theory and the way that she plays games, and this connection between between uh, the the game that she's playing there, the fact that her mother taught it to her, and her own experience as um, as a game theorist, and I liked all of that. I liked all of that overlap. The mahjong scene—I yeah. was—I had no idea what was happening, but I still felt the tension. And I still understood that something was happening that maybe I wasn't even supposed to get as as a person who, you know, is totally outside of this culture. And I liked it. I liked that there were things that I didn't completely understand, because it felt like this movie is not being made specifically for me. This is not being made to make me feel comfortable as a white person this is being made for other people. This is being made for people that never see themselves represented on screen, or if they do, it's in very limited ways. And I liked that. And and I, and I still related to it, and I still felt for it, and I still understood it. Um, so it was a nice balance, and, and at this point, I was just like, you know what, it's lovely watching a, a film that has almost no white people in it.
0: Yeah, I, I, I like what you brought up about how what i love about henry golding's character other than the fact that it's henry golding is that and i wrote this in my review is that they talk like adults so like something happens to her while she's at a, a party and they have this discussion where she doesn't have to hide it for there yeah. y- there's no like um typical rom-com convention like i can't tell him because then it's going to cause a problem no they have this discussion and she's like i told you and I'm going to solve this. Um, and, and I like that the characters talk realistically to each other. You know, even Gemma Chan's character and her husband, even though the plot goes um, down some some territory that is, is well-worn, there's still this discussion between two adults about their relationship um, that is authentic. And I love how even though there are men in this movie, it's still incredibly female-dominated. Um, especially... With, with the concept of like moms and how they are often maligned for the choices that they make in order to help their children succeed, but they're also human. Um, so I, I applaud all the little things that this movie does because it, it seems aware of narrative conventions, not just of race, but just in general, you know, and, and seeks to give us something new with them
1: yeah the, the fact that it is you mentioned that it's very much about women it it this is a movie about women this is about relationships between women and women as uh kind of cultural arbiters and and the arbiters in the family and all of the complicated issues that that brings up for pretty much everybody in the film it's i mean you know you you've got a film where all of the fathers are absent. There is no father, even though you know they mention um, uh, they mention Henry Golding's father, but he is somewhere else. They talk about Rachel's issue with uh, being raised by a single mother uh, and her issues with what she knows about her family and what she doesn't know about her family and about her father. It is so central to being; it's the experience of women and the experience of the way that mothers raise their children and. The values that are both positive and negative that um, that their children get from from that family structure.
2: Dang it! I'm going to go see this again today. <laughs> I just decided. <laughs> uh,
0: it's it's so good. It it's is. so good. I and I want all the costumes. I, hands down, I want all the costumes. Um, <laughs> yeah. So go see it. It's really good. Um, I think that's yeah. Anything else we want to say about movies out and about? It's kind of a dead period at the moment. Yeah. Um, Films.
1: I finally yeah. got to see Mission Impossible: Fallout. Yay! <laughs> you saw the Cavill stash, <laughs> which I loved. <laughs> which I loved, though not for the Cavill stash. Uh, he, he did a very so good, good job of standing around looking pretty. Um, I, yep. I, I was sorry that he had to open his mouth every once in a while. <laughs> oh
0: com- i won't i won't say i won't say the comment that i want to say because it's a spoiler but um there's a backhanded mean comment that i could have made <laughs> mm-hmm. you weren't buying his uh philosophy no. or the fact that i he seemingly knows how to spell philosophy
1: <laughs> no i i was not um yeah i i mean i I'm not gonna go into a review of it or anything, but I really did enjoy it, and I am very angry that Tom Cruise is so good at action movies. Like...
2: He's so good at action movies. He really
1: is. (laughs) Well,
0: what do we all have on tap for this week?
2: Uh, The Little Stranger. Yes.
0: I'm going to see... I'm going to see... We're recording on a Saturday. I get to go see Black Klansman tomorrow, courtesy of Focus Features, so... I will finally get to go see that. Um, I have a screening of Operation Finale it's on uh, Tuesday and I think the movie comes out Wednesday Um, so I probably I might or might not go to that depending on on um, plans but it is my birthday Saturday so I'm thinking of forcing all my friends to just go down to the theater with me and pay to go see Operation Finale so if it sucks then they'll all hate me afterwards (laughs) Um, which I have the sneaking suspicion it's gonna suck so there's that um but I finally get to show my friend American Psycho and I think we're watching what are we watching Uh, we have a bunch of things that I I finally told her I'm like well it's my birthday I'm gonna trap you in my house with food and we're finally gonna watch these movies that I told you we should have watched at a certain point I'm gonna show her three episodes of The Leftovers I know that nice I know exactly which three episodes is one of them the
2: international man cut out Karen (laughs) is one of them that international what's it called oh yeah I'm
0: showing her both the uh the yeah the dreamscape ones um as well as the pilot um so she will she will see that then I'm showing her American Psycho too so it's gonna be a very thorough fest uh right there and I think I'm showing her a Henry Cavill movie that she hasn't seen so it should be should be fun um Lauren what are you watching this week
1: Uh, I'm seeing The little stranger on Monday so I'm excited I am excited about that that one is one that I have been really looking forward to uh, that's all that I'm aware of that's going on I am going to New York Film Festival later on in September Ooh. so I'm excited about some of those films
0: nice yes Lauren is uh, required to go see the Oscar Isaac movie and if she doesn't she might not be on the show anymore <laughs> <laughs> she's, she's and saying. if they she put it in a
1: press screening I will go see it <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> uh with my luck they won't because that's just my luck. i think i think um, it's so yeah.
1: i think it's the closing night film and they usually they usually at least do the opening and closing night ones. Though they're a little bit spotty about um about whether or not they they press screen some of the bigger films it's weird okay.
0: well if you see us Os- if you see oscar isaac around just don't tell him that he's falling Precipitously down my list. Um, (laughs) So, yeah. Um, So, that's going to close out this episode. Uh, You can contact us a variety of different ways. Um, Mostly through Twitter is the easiest at Citizen Dame. Uh, Is it Citizen Dame or Citizen Dame Pod? Now I'm turning to Citizen Dame Pod. (laughs) Okay. Uh, We also have our Facebook page, facebook.com slash Citizen Dame. I think that's right. Um, You can listen to us on Spotify, on iTunes. Uh, player FM all the the ways you get podcasts um, if you're listening on iTunes we would love some ratings and reviews we are close to 10 five star ratings so mm-hmm. it'd be really great to get a 10 on there um, that would be that would be fun you can visit our official website where we rant and rave and talk all sorts of stuff which is at citizendamepod.com uh, we don't have a top five planned uh, at the moment I tried to push for it's Kristen's birthday, so let's do a Kristen centric five. Um, but I was overruled. Actually, no one said anything, I was so I'm just saying say that was
1: overruled. But
0: right that Kristen is
1: wrong about.
0: <laughs> I. You know what? I could totally work with that. Um, <laughs>
1: just like all of them. Uh, no, sorry. Uh-huh. <laughs> no, 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 no,
0: no. You okay. can, uh You can listen to, you can find the show notes um, on our website uh, as well as our citizen dame fives we did our most recent ones on alfred hitchcock movies as well as our favorite back to school films uh kim has her regular feminist friday series looking at um classic films i will be getting back into uh brolin with the homies this week i actually have time to watch a movie that i bought for three dollars on amazon that's a mark of quality right there I can't wait to have to suffer through that um so so you should uh, definitely have that bookmarked um, and also if you'd like to go the extra mile and support the dames and help us get bail money food money whatever money we need to keep the show running um, you can check out our patreon which is patreon.com slash citizen starting at just a dollar less than the price of a cup of coffee. Uh, You can support four women in their quest to dismantle the patriarchy, and you get all sorts of really fun perks. Uh, We have our Sicario live commentary that Karen and I did. We also have our tributes to Star Wars. There's sometimes polls on there. Um, Our March Madness boyfriend bracket episode is also up there. We are trying to schedule uh, our bonus content. We do know that we promised... Uh, a Goldblum episode and our Man From Uncle episode and we do have an audio commentary on Suicide Squad somewhere in there it's just a matter of scheduling but um, please continue to support us uh, so that you get some awesome stuff Uh, so and also be sure to visit our regular Twitter I am on Twitter at journeys underscore film Kim or Kim not here Karen where are you I am at Karen M. Peterson and Lauren Humphreys-Brooks, where are you?
1: I am at LH Business.
0: And if you want to follow Kim, who is not here, uh, you can do that at K Pierce. is it 619? Kim 624. Kim 624. 624. I don't know where 619 came from. Uh, it's because it's Matt's, St. Clair's <laughs> message. Yeah, there you go. I'm just going to start combining everybody's Twitter handle. Um, so, yeah, that's going to... You're all one. <laughs> <laughs> that's going to close us out. And if Ryan Johnson is listening sex spaceship i know it's gonna happen um so
1: yeah bye <laughs> <laughs> bye <laughs> Thank you.